When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome. Hope everyone is having a great week. Again, we're only about 13, no, 14 days away from the new year. Again, this has been a, a, a year of reflection. And I know while difficult for many people, it's been a year to reflect. And hopefully that you'll be able to do something different that will enhance your life and business going into 2021. I can tell you right here in the New York area, it is a very snowy day. God, we just got dumped on here about <laughs> 10 inches of snow. So uh, that was a little bit early here for us. But any event, it is what it is. So we want to welcome those that are new to Sustainable Success. Again, you found us here at the Voice America Influencers Channel. You can also find us on Spotify and iTunes and, of course, Google Play. And then also our Facebook page at Sustainable Success. 2017. There you'll find many of our great guests that we've had on over the years where you can listen to their feedback and how that could apply to your business and personal life. Today's show is being brought to you by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process and also helping families create interdependent family structures free from limiting beliefs so that could help their children to grow into future leaders in their homes, communities, and businesses with higher levels of confidence and self-esteem. Check them out at efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. So today's show, we're going to be talking about discover how purpose and fulfillment are great for business. So, you know, this is always important. We know that purpose is such a critical part and anything that we do that is worthwhile. And we have an, an expert here that is going to, she's going to be sharing with you insights and how you can go about doing that. And before I introduce her, I'm going to give you a background about her. Her name is Gina Gardner, and she is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer with 30-plus years of experience helping people achieve and sustain personal and professional happiness success and fulfillment, and businesses to, to, more, to more profitable measures. Enlightened leadership means leading with integrity, compassion, and courage. It requires leaders to do the deep inner work to become the leaders in their own lives. The founder of Generally You, Gina is passionate about her work, which is based on her unique approach to life and enlightened leadership, developed whilst she ran her award-winning organization, mostly from a wheelchair, and you're going to be hearing about her story here as well. So without further ado, we welcome Gina Gardner to the show. Gina, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure. I am so happy. I've been meaning to have you on for so long. We've, uh, we know, I know our schedule's been tight over the last year, and we finally said I couldn't wait to, for this date to come, and we finally have you here, and so th- grateful that you could be with us today to share so when we, you know, Gina, when we look at business, you know, there, especially during now, you know, during this difficult period uh, with COVID, there have been so many businesses that are struggling, you know, there are businesses that they're not sure where to turn to. Why is it so important, number one, even if you're starting with the business or you 
or kind of reached a, a, a fork in the road, so to speak. Why is purpose so important and fulfillment? It's really important at a number of levels. So if we separate it in terms of the leader of the organization and then talk about the staff, if we do look at it separately, if the leader of any company, SME, sole trader, has a real sense of purpose, then at its most simplistic level, on those days when your faith in terms of what you're doing, everything feels difficult and challenging and dark, having a really strong sense of purpose is what gets you out of bed in the morning. It keeps you going. If you like, it acts like the lighthouse, that when the waters get very choppy, then that beacon of light keeps you keeping in a particular direction, no matter how um, these tides are throwing you away from what you thought your direction was. But your sense of purpose, having that real understanding of what your why is, that enables you then to do a number of things. If you're very clear about your why, then you can communicate that to your staff. You can communicate it to your customers. It becomes the very fabric of your organization. And without that, then it's almost as if the glue that keeps everything stuck together has worn away and it's very easy for things to fragment. So let me give you an example. I was working with a finance firm and they were having a struggle, particularly around getting staff engagement. And I said to the the boss of the firm, what's your why, what's your purpose? And he said, well, we provide um, financial support for small businesses, That's, that's our main customer. And I said, well, but what's your purpose? And he said, well, we want to be a profitable firm. I asked him to define what he meant by profits. And he immediately went for the bottom line and said, well, profits are all about money. It's all about how much money we make. And I said, is that your purpose? And he thought about it for a moment. And I said, think about your profits in a broader context. Because for me, profits are about great relationships, about making a positive difference about well-being. Yes, finances are important, but if you focus on those either exclusively or you make those your major focus, then the likelihood is that profits will be short-lived, where if you have a really strong sense of purpose and you engage everybody within that sense of purpose, the profits come, but they come because of everything else. Mm. We then started to talk about, well, come on, yes, you want to make money, but if you had to think about what's your why, what is it that your company does that makes a difference? And it turns, when we started to talk about it in more detail, um, he then started to talk about how they facilitated the growth of businesses. And I said to him at this, this point, I think it's time we engaged your staff because the other very important reason that you have a strong sense of purpose running right the way through the organization is that you want ownership. So we then set together with the staff and started to talk about what's your why. And I asked the staff, why do you come to work? Well, it pays the mortgage. But coming to work to pay your mortgage, how much satisfaction does that give you? It might give you a sense of security. But do you have a real sense of pride 
in what you're doing? And the answer was, no, it's just just admin. So then we started to talk about what is your real purpose as an organization? As soon as we started to talk about the fact that they facilitate the growth of other businesses, they provide, if you like, the rocket fuel for other businesses to move on, which in turn provides security, freedom, happiness, success for so many other people. And instead of it being a two-dimensional where we do the admin and we provide loans and things like that, it started to have a real shape, if you like. It became 3D. It became real. The energy in the room shifted from not quite sure why we're here to, yeah, we do that, don't we? And as they started to think about, okay, let's look at our customer service. Let's look at how we can give our our customers the very best value out of our service. And in doing that, this is what we're doing for those customers. There was a real shift in the way that people had ownership of what they did. And it changed from being, I'm just doing this because it's an admin job and it's because of what I've been told to do, to, yeah, we're making a difference. There is a real purpose behind what we're doing. And productivity went up. Um, This wasn't the only thing, I have to say. We did other things as well. But it was the, the thing that made that shift. And it was the foundation of everything else that was to come. Wow, that is fabulous. And and I love what you said there, you know, because again, you know, a lot of times people are looking at things short term. They're not looking at the, you know, you know, the long term picture. And that's what sustainable success, what we what we're all about, you know, those values. And you talked about like the, you know, that money and profits that they're all great. There's nothing wrong with them. They're all byproducts of that process, that value that we give, that purpose that had how we serve other people. And I thought that was so well put in how you illustrated that with the story. Um, when you, you know, what I'd like to f- talk about, you know, here a little bit more insight from your perspective is, you know, the, the concept of values more like, you know, why values play an important role in your business, you know, and how they, how they play into that purpose and that connection with your, either your audience, your clients, the, the people that you serve and so on. That's a brilliant segue because for me, purpose and your why comes first, but in and of itself, it's not enough. So having an understanding of what your core values are, and it's important that we know those as individuals as well as as a company. But in my experience, particularly, you know, when I've gone to companies that have asked me to come in to help them, not because necessarily they're struggling, because that they want to grow and be more successful, although I have worked with struggling companies too, is they they talk about values and I say, well, what are they? And they say, well, they're here somewhere and they're usually in a folder at the back of the cupboard or they're on a poster behind the reception. And I say, but in real terms, what do they mean? What are the behaviors that I would expect to see to show that those core values are authentic and manifest within your company? And then there's usually a very big silence because people have assumed that having a a team building exercise where you just identify your values is it. 
But the reality is that those values are just words on a piece of paper unless they are embodied in everything you do. And the language that we use around values is so important. So, Christopher, I'm talking to you at the moment and we're using language. I know that I'm in the UK and you're in America and we're told that it's two countries divided (laughs) by the same language. But put that to one side for a minute. We use words and every one of us will have a blueprint for what we think that word means. So I'd like to, to use two examples. One is excellence. It's banded about, you know, we have an excellent service and we want excellence, okay? And then you say, so in real terms, what does that look like? So when you start to look at values, if you start to look at customer service, for example, we give excellent customer service, unpicking what does that look like in the context of every aspect of the company? And what's the difference between okay good and excellent and then making those values part of your everyday language they're not something you do once and put in a drawer but they become very much part of the fabric of the place and part of the language and you see those core values being manifest by every person in the company now i'll give you an example Um, I was the principal of a a large school, appointed very early, and I was the principal for 20 years. And I ran the school for the most part from a wheelchair. And I had to find a way of enabling those people within the school to take ownership, radical ownership, of um, responsibility for their performance and a shared responsibility for the team. And so it was really important that everybody understood what do we mean by Um, excellence in a whole variety of contexts and so it was then making sure that the language that we used was meaningful to both so having those conversations about what does excellence look like when we're talking about um, relationships what does it what does it mean when we're talking about curriculum or assessment and so on And the same is true. It doesn't matter what the widgets are. And I've worked in companies as far reaching as manufacturing, finance, local government, health, retail. It doesn't matter. The widgets are the outcome. But your purpose and your core values are what will get you there. And if you look around the the world, there's so much depression and unhappiness because people are in organizations where their core values are not clear or they're not actually being realized. And it's one of the big reasons, I think, why so many people are on antidepressants. Half the prescriptions in the UK are for antidepressants. You make a very valid point. It, it's almost like, like in a way, Gina, that, that it's like we're, we're managing the problem, right? It, it, it's like instead of like looking, everyone wants what they want right now, but, you know, it's – but we could – we could have those things that maybe we want. It's never going to be perfect, but if we have to look at it long term. And and you're so right about the values. They're 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 so important if we just take that time to really cultivate that, and then how that relates to everyone in the organization, and then how that relates to the people you serve. Because you're never going to be everything for everyone, but you'll oh you will be for a, a, a certain amount of people. The people that you connect on those values. So, so true with it. And if they're and, 
yeah, then then you will attract the people who to whom those values are important. And yeah. there's what seventy billion people in the earth, so there's going to be plenty of people who will be attracted. And if they're not right for those others, well, that's fine because you'll have plenty of people who will um, will see your values and want part of that. But of course, they've got to be evident. Otherwise, how would they know? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. So true. And what would you recommend? Like, we have a couple minutes till the uh, first break, but what would you recommend would be the first steps that you know, you know, either if you're a solopreneur, whether if you are an owner of a small business or you're working in a large company, uh, what would you recommend that they what they would could do in that first step? To- the first step is you've got to do the inner work. As a senior leader, you have got to do the inner work on yourself. You being an enlightened leader means that you have to be authentic, you have to walk your talk, and there's so much evidence of leaders at the moment who don't do that. And that's why I say leading with integrity, compassion, and the courage to do sometimes those things which are not necessarily popular. But if people believe that you care about them and that they are engaged in the purpose and the values, then even if it's un, it's un, unpopular, people will trust and know you're doing it for the right reasons. So my advice is if you are a leader of your uh, of a sole company, a solepreneur, or that you have a big company, first and foremost, look to yourself. Mm. Because ultimately, you will model for others what you want. And if you don't, then don't be surprised if you get other things than the things that you want. If there's no shortcut. You have to be the leader and in that, if you want great things from your staff, then you've got to provide sustained great things for them. Mm, that is so well put. So so true. You can only you can only give what you have. And again, you know, when people respond, whether if it's a positive or negative way, again, sometimes we have to look at you know what you know what we're doing, you know, and and so on. That's what you said about you know certain leaders are not always doing what they they say they do. And then, you know, and again, getting the, you know, getting different results, you know, the results that they're not seeking. So, so true. So true. Well, we, we have to go to break, but this is great. We got more to come here with Gina Gardner. Again, if you're just joining us, we're talking about discover how purpose and fulfillment are great for business. We've only just touched the tip of the iceberg here. We got more to come and we'll be right back here after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people in businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable 
success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back again. We're here with Gina Gardner. Again, she is a multiple number one uh, international bestselling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She, We are discussing discover how purpose and fulfillment are great for business. Again, if you're just joining us again, you can listen to the uh, entire show in its entirety later today here on demand. So if you didn't didn't catch the first session, we highly encourage you to listen to the show also later. But, it, but we're glad that you're here and that we got some great information that uh, that Gina is going to share here. So Gina, we had talked about the importance of purpose in business, whether if you're starting out, whether if you've been in business and you've reached you know a challenging uh, point in, in your business, especially now with COVID, you know, when we, in values, of course, we talked about as well. Now, when we look at your purpose, we know that a business does not succeed uh, just on your shoulders. It requires other people to interdependently help, uh, help you do that. Whether if you are a solopreneur, whether if you're running a, a, a small business or a, a, a large corporation, or you're responsible for a business unit, it's going to always come back to people. How do you make the most out of people when it comes to purpose? So going back to what we said just before the break, the first thing is you have to lead yourself. Take As the leader, you have to take radical responsibility for your, um, for your thoughts, your emotions, your actions, your words, or lack of them. And model exactly what you want from others. So let me give you an example and and why I think this is so important. My school was um, in quite an urban area, quite an aggressive area where there were were some racial tensions. And one of the things that I was very clear about is I wanted the school to feel safe. So zero tolerance of aggression. Didn't mean that aggression didn't happen, but we would never tolerate it. And I was very clear that in order to uh, put this out and for it to be meaningful, we as a staff, all staff, had to be squeaky clean. You couldn't have a situation where a a member of staff was aggressive and then say we don't tolerate aggression because there's a mismatch there. And so when I interviewed new staff, we would have this conversation. Well, it was more of a, a monologue, really. Before the interview starts... I would say to the person, this is a two-way process. We need to know that we're a good fit for you and you're a good fit for us. So, if you're going to come here, we don't do moody. There's no tolerance of aggression. Um, We expect you to be hardworking. We expect you to be a great team member, to leave your ego at home under the pillow with your pyjamas or your nightie because we've got no room for ego. We've got a very, very clear purpose. And if you're coming... You're to be part of that. So, and, and gave them the opportunity to walk away or to stay. 
So when they were appointed, and it was often young teachers, um, you know, on the Monday morning they'd come in and they'd be a bit aggressive, well, not aggressive, but grumpy and short with people. I'd go and have a very quiet conversation and say, do you remember the conversation that we had? We don't do grumpy. We don't do aggressive. That's not acceptable. So because the expectation was set right from the start, then they were under no illusions and if their behavior was not as we wanted it, then very gently, very quietly, away from anybody else, they were just reminded. The other thing that that we did was to have training for every member of staff in terms of how to manage people who were being aggressive. So how to be emotionally resilient to that, but have the skills um, to be able to deflect and defuse the situation and as a result, our school became an oasis where people could come in and they knew we'll always listen, but we'll listen if you're going to talk to us, not if you're screaming at us. And that for me is a, a, a shows how as a leader, you take the lead, you understand what you want, you have a sense of purpose, and then you develop that sense of purpose within your staff through your expectations, your training and so on. But then the other side of this, we're just going into a new normal. Goodness only knows what it's going to look like. I believe we're moving into a new era of consciousness, which will require leaders who are far more aware and far more ready to embrace the fact that you can't do it alone. You know, how many managers and leaders do you know of the the view, it's quicker and easier to do it yourself because at least you know it's done properly? Nobody can do it all. So it's about growing your treasure. And if you step into your genuine power, it's not about diminishing other people and I'm more important. When you're in your genuine power, you actually recognize the potential that there is in other people and you nurture it. Because what we need is self-actualizing teams. You need the combined experience, expertise, creativity, innovation, hard work of the whole team to maintain and to build on your success. Because make no mistake, it's tough, and I think it's going to get tougher, but those organizations where the leaders um, are enlightened, who nurture and develop and grow the confidence and the capabilities of their staff, and everyone's got a shared sense of purpose, not only are people much more, content at work, they're much more engaged at work, productivity goes up, relationships improve, health improves, but also you are so well placed then to look for creative ways of moving forward. I don't like the word pivot because if you pivot enough, you end up back where you started. Mm. You can actually start to find new ways of providing your purpose to people in a creative way which will keep you ahead of the game. Wow, that's so great, so so true, and 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 it th- you know talk about you know why this is an ongoing process. We have to like you know it's like with people like with anything we got to nurture them, we got to provide them resources, you know, and especially in org in companies that that not only you know enhance you help them to enhance their skills and strengths, but also this goes personally because you know what you know if you're not taking care of yourself personally. It's going to reflect in your work as well, you know, no matter how you try to hide it. Would that be safe to say that 
that organizations need to look at it holistically? Absolutely. I mean, each one of us is the common denominator in our own life. We don't, we're not a separate person when we go into work. So if we're the common denominators within our life, then it makes sense to become the leaders of our own life. And I don't mind, it doesn't matter where you are in the company. Interestingly, one of the things that I think made us so successful, and it's been really successful in other businesses, is to create this sense of you are the leading professional no matter what your role so it doesn't matter whether you're a cleaner or the cook or you're the ceo or the financial officer you are the leading professional and therefore your contribution is valued and valuable so when people feel valued and they start to value themselves that's not about ego or being cocky but just recognize that they are making a contribution then people feel good about themselves. But one of the challenges, I think, and one of the reasons why so many people are stressed, and in the UK in 2019, 70 billion pounds was lost to the economy because of days off due to stress. Mm. 70 billion. I mean, it's just mind-blowing, isn't it? Yes. And work was a big part of that. But ultimately, we live in a society where people want instant happiness, for example. Um, but the paradox is that they have this, um, I call it the ha- uh, I'll be happy when uh, syndrome. You know, I'll be happy when I've got the perfect job, the big car, perfect partner, children who tidy their room without being nagged, uh, a, a partner who doesn't leave the toothpaste top off and puts the toilet seat down. Um, and I can go on any holiday I want and, 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 and. And it's not every one of those criteria has to be met before you'll feel happy. When the reality is that as soon as you meet those criteria, the chances are you're going to put more and more and more, which means happiness is always in the future. As opposed to, I choose to be happy every time I have a nice cup of tea or a hot shower. I choose to be happy when I speak to somebody on the uh, that I that I care for. I choose to be happy because I've done a job well and I've got a sense of satisfaction from that. So you make it easy to be happy. So for me, leadership for life means taking radical responsibility for yourself, particularly your thoughts. 90%, 95% of our thoughts are habitual. Don't cross the conscious mind at all. So we give them no our thoughts, no more thoughts than we do to ourselves reproducing or our nails growing. And because of that, we then get triggered into being reactive all the time rather than proactive. So an example. Somebody says something to you in that tone of voice that triggers you back to being nine years old when your mum was being very critical or a teacher was being unkind to you. Your habitual pattern then is that you then um, that you say something in a, a, an aggressive tone back to them because you've been triggered, which triggers them and then they trigger you. And before you know where you are, you've got a monumental argument. Whereas if you consider the quality of your thoughts and you think consciously you have an opportunity to recognize the words meant this i've taken the tone to mean this and our perception is everything our perception becomes our reality and so the skills of leadership for life are as valuable in terms of your relationships at home or at work, in terms of your level of happiness, contentment and fulfillment at home or at work, 
they don't stop simply because you get in the car to go to work or you get in the car to come home. You are you every moment of every day. So it makes sense to do everything you can to become the leader of your own life. That is so well put. You know, and, and, and that's what it is. It, it's like, again, you know, when you think about people learn from what they observe, it's like a child, right? A child is going to learn more from what they observe than what has just been told to them, like how, when, or why to do something. Not to say that's not important, but more that they, they learn from what they observe. And what they observe is how you communicate, how you behave, how you handle certain situations. And those are the things that will decide that, you know, whether if, you know, that you're using that in your situation, your role to do things better, or perhaps you're not doing it better because of what you're observing. So what would be some of the things that you would recommend, Gina, that, you know, as people are listening to this, as it plays into their purpose, some other things that they can do to be, you know, to take ownership of the things that they need to improve on, but knowing that that will play an impact in helping others to do the same for themselves. I think the first thing is to do an audit of your your beliefs, those that are empowering, keep, those that are limiting you, start to think about where they've come from. Are they your beliefs or are they the conditioning that you've had from your parents, particularly around things like money and integrity and so on? Um, and recognize that the the biggest thing that will limit you is you. And I'd like to share a personal story if we've got time before the break. Um, I, I've already said that I, I ran my my school for the most part from a wheelchair, but while I was a serving principal, I worked for the government as an advisor and I worked for the National College Training Facilitating to bring an income into school because our income was so dire. And so I was used to going all over the place by taxi. I mean, I was in school most of the time, I have to tell you. Um, but over the 20 years, um, I did a whole range of roles. When I left headship, a principalship in 2004, one of the things I decided to do was to become an NLP master practitioner. And I did all of my training with the same organization and then decided I wanted to see as many people using NLP as possible. And I ended up at the Excel Center in London, which is a big conference center, uh, watching Tony Robbins. And I have to say, I was pretty cynical when I went, thought this huge American guy, lots of hype. But by the end of the first morning, I thought, I really like what he's got to say. And he was talking about a course that was going to run in California. And in those days, I didn't have an electric travel chair. And I dismissed it thinking, I'm never going to be able to do that. But day one, we did the fire walk, which for those of you that don't know what a fire walk is, that you walk over hot coals in bare feet, about 30 feet. And if you're in the right mindset, you don't get burned. Now, I was determined to do it. And at that time, I could walk very little. I'd had an internal spinal stimulator fitted. Um, but I was determined to do it. And I was so chuffed that with somebody holding my arm both sides, I did the firewalk. And as they helped me back into my wheelchair, um, I was just thrilled. The guy behind me was a double amputee. He had no legs below the knee. He tipped himself up onto his hands and he walked those hot coals on his hands. Now, I've no idea who he is, but he changed my life. That night I went home, I booked my flight and my ticket. I went and did the program, loved it, did all of the programs, became a senior trainer. But one of the things that made the difference for me 
in all of that is that what he showed me is that the only thing that limits us is our beliefs. Mm -hmm. If you believe you'll fail, it's a done deal. If you believe you might fail, you're going to make a different set of decisions to if you believe you will succeed. And you don't have to know the how. You just need to be very clear that you will will succeed. And one of the issues, I think, for many people is they're frightened of failing. But for yes. me, failures are to failure to try and the failure to learn when it doesn't go right. And ultimately, if you have that belief, then limitless possibilities open up at an individual level, at a family level, at a, a business level. It's so true. Like, you know, your beliefs, like how you think, you know, your confidence is a, is a direct reflection of your belief in yourself. It's trusting what you can control and what you know and letting go of what you can't. And I think a lot of times we, as people get caught up in the things that are we don't know and what we can't control and why we struggle and are frustrated and agitated and we're in the we're in the past and the future. We're not in the moment, like you said, and you know, and belief is so important. We have a you know, about a minute and a half to the break. Gina, anything else that you would like to add here to what we discussed in this segment in helping people, you know, to become more so they can be, you know, help their own people become more. Recognize that it's not the challenge that defines you. It's what you do with it. And yes, things are very challenging at the moment. But if you, if you can focus on all of the things that you can't do, then that will be your reality. If you focus on being creative about the things that you can do and can control, then life changes. And that's that's something that, you know, being in the wheelchair has taught me, that ultimately you choose whether or not you focus on all of the limiting things within your life, within your business, or you open up the creativity yeah. by saying, well, but what can I do? Yeah. So powerful, so powerful. And this is some wonderful information. Again, we hope that those that are listening are taking notes. Again, you can be listening. You can listen to this show in its entirety later if you joined somewhere in between. Uh, again, this is some powerful information that Gina Saren. We got more to come. We have the third segment of the show coming up, but we have to go to break, and we'll be right back. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, -on -one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. 
We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. Again, uh, today's show is being brought to you today by Empowered Fathers in Action, 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process and also helping families to create interdependent family structures free from limiting beliefs so that you could help your children to develop into more self-confident leaders in their homes communities and businesses as they become adults again check them out at efamovement.org that's efamovement.org we are here we're just we're listening to some wonderful insight from uh, Gina Gardner again she is a multiple number one international best-selling author motivational speaker empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer with over 30 years experience helping people and corporations to achieve greatness in this area. She has uh, p- provided a wealth of information. Gina, elaborating on where we left off in the second uh, segment, you know, many of us, when we look at, you know, the future, you know, the future is uncertain, especially now when what we're in. What can, you know, a leader do right now to kind of, cre- you know, look to create the future they, they desire moving forward what are some of the things that you know they could be doing now to make that happen i think let's return to purpose if you're not absolutely clear about what your purpose is and the deeper purpose not the i just want to make money but the deeper purpose of what you're doing when you are clear about that then i think engaging your staff if you have them Engage your customer, your client base. Remember that you're, the customer that you have who's already loyal to you is, the, is such a rich resource. So, you know, reach out to them because the chances are they're struggling too and find what they need because it may be that by talking to them in, in a way, not trying to sell them, but, try, you know, that relationship is so important. Your suppliers, the people that you work with, this is time to really make sure that those connections are true. But what I would say is that every relationship you have with other people is a reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself. And so this is time to become your own best friend. Now, if you think about how you treat a best friend, you know, when something went wrong, you'd tell them, but you wouldn't go on and on and on. But most people have that voice in their head that just nags and nags and goes round and round. You know, self-care. You you know, on an aeroplane, they say put your oxygen on first for a very good reason. I talk about if you've got a glass of water and you start to drink from it, it'll very quickly empty. But if you have it under the tap and you drink the overflow, it's never going to empty. Recognize that working with other people and sharing expertise and experience and creativity, as I've said, is really important, not only within your um, your company, but collaborate. You know, we've come from a time where 
competition has been the major thrust. And I think we need to move into a place where people collaborate and offer the best that each of them do and they are stronger as a team than they are as an individual. That's true whether we're talking about at an individual level or at a company level. But I think the, one of the things that I'd like to explore with you is the, the idea of having a, um, a leadership that comes from a place of love. Now, I don't mean pink fluffy love where it's all rainbows and unicorns. And I'm not talking about the passionate love that you have between two partners. But what I am saying is that if you think about a continuum, at one end is fear and the other end is love. If you are leading from a place of fear, all you will do is generate more fear. The problem with fear is that it takes on a life of its own. We go into very left brain thinking and left brain thinking gives us two options. It's either this or it's that. And our left brain tends to catastrophize. So it's either going to be successful or I'll be out on the streets and I'll lose my house and my children will be destitute. So we tend to to see the very worst of things. Whereas when we're well resourced and we come and we use our right brain, which is where the creativity, the solution finding part of our brain is, then you are so much better placed to find a way forward. When we are secure, we feel that we are valued, that what we are doing is being recognized, we are far more likely to be operating out of our right brain. When you are coming from a place of love and people know that you can care, you can have the really hard conversations. And this is true as a parent or as a, as a, a boss in, a, in a, a small company or even in, in a huge company or a sole trader talking to their suppliers or whoever. When you come from a place of integrity where people know that you care, that you walk your talk, that you're authentic and that, 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 that when you talk about them valuing them, that they know it comes from a real place, that they're used to you saying thank you. Several things happen. One of those is that you build up your bank account of goodwill. And goodwill is an interesting thing because when it's there, you can call upon it. Imagine it's like a real bank account. When you're in the black, if there's a special offer or there's something nice going on, you can say, yeah, I'll buy three of those or I'll go off skiing or I'll go and do something because you have the money to do it. The minute you get in the red, you start to pay bank charges, you pay overdraft charges, and you don't have the, the width of choice that you have when you're in the black. And that's true of goodwill. When you bank your goodwill because you care about your staff, you take an interest, you um, encourage them, you teach them, you nurture them. Then when the proverbial hits the fan and you need somebody to work late or somebody to go uh, well beyond the, the scope of their role, the answer will be, of course I will, because they recognize that that goodwill is a two-way thing. But coming from a place of love opens things up. It opens the opportunities to have a very different style of conversation. And one of the reasons I think that so many people are depressed is that many leaders in their fear have gone to become very bullish about what they do. 
And when bullishness becomes even more so, it becomes bullying behavior. And that's so toxic. It comes from a place of fear. So then targets get set that nobody, nobody's ever going to meet. And everybody knows that they are un, un, uh, they're not meetable. That's good grammar, but um, you know what I mean. Um, and everybody's under pressure and nothing gets done. If you come from a place of goodwill and love and you say, look, in order to survive, this is what we need to, to, to do. How are we going to get there? And everybody's involved in that, uh, that situation and are working towards it. You are far more likely to find solutions, to find creative ways of being and to move forward. So whilst I think it's the right thing to do, it's, it's also great business. The other thing I would say about this is if you, if you consider that when you are very clear about valuing somebody and recognizing that person and saying thank you and meaning it, that what you're giving that person a gift, but you're also giving yourself a gift. So I'll give you a very simple example. I was up in London before lockdown. I was working um, with a company up there and I went into the loose. It was quite early in the morning and they were a state. There were paper towels everywhere. The sinks were had soap, uh, liquid soap, which had dripped. There was loo paper on the floor and they looked a mess. And when I went back at the break, there was a, a and she was tiny. She was about four foot five um, lady cleaning the loose. And she was doing a great job. And I just went up to her quietly. And I said, mm-hmm. what a lovely job you're making of that. And her four foot five suddenly turned into five foot. And she beamed all over her face. And she, she felt that somebody had noticed that she'd made a difference. It made her feel good. It made me feel good. And ultimately, that's, that's so important, particularly when you're going through times of trial. Mm. The other thing is that when you are engaged with yeah. everybody, you don't, you don't waste resources because instead of people trying to be seen to be right and covering up their mistakes because they're fearful and you've created a culture of learning, they will turn around and say, actually, I've done that wrong, but this, you know, I'm going to put it right or we're all going to put it right. Um, and as long as it's not a, a mistake they make again and again, that they learn from that mistake, it's not the end of the world. I'd just like to add a caveat. If you're my brain yeah. surgeon or my, you're my pilot, um, no room for error. Thank you very much. Wow, that's powerful. I love what you shared there. And, you know, using the example of this woman, and, and it's so true. And I, I hope everyone t- is taking <clears throat> took notes here. And then go back and listen to this over again, because this is such, you know, s- stuff that you have to apply each in every day, if we're going to make these changes, these are things that don't happen overnight because we've been we've been doing things another way for so long that we got to undo that. So, so important. Thank you so much, you know, Gina, for sharing that. You know, such valuable insight uh, for what you shared. You know, I wanted to <clears throat> let people know, you know, uh, uh, where they can learn more about you, what you're up to, and where they can find find you to reach out to you. There's lots of places they can find me. I'm on LinkedIn. I have three websites, genuinely-and-the-word-you.com. 
Um, you can see all of the other programs and the things that are going on. There's lots of free resources there as well. If you're interested in enlightened leadership, then go to enlightenedleadership.co. If you're interested in coaching, go to ginagardner.com. Um, I'd love if you could subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Genuinely You. There's loads and loads of resources. My books are on Amazon. But if you want to talk to me, email me at gina at genuinely-you.com. Mm, wow. Great. We highly encourage all of you to uh, reach out to uh, Gina. I mean, she has just shared a lot of valuable insight, stuff that you would have to invest quite a bit to get this information. And again, this was made available to you here free. The question now is, what do you do with it? How do you apply it? Knowledge is great, but unless you're applying it, that's where you're going to get the benefits. So we we encourage you to definitely do that. And uh, Gina, just real quick, you know, if you have like about 15 seconds, if anything you would like to leave, you know, with the listeners here and those that will be listening later, any any parting comments that you would like to leave? If you always do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've got now. Now is the time to take stock and to change those things that are going to make the difference. Invest in yourself, invest in your staff, because if you don't, you'll get left behind. Wow, powerful. Again, we encourage you to reach out to Gina Gardner. Please do. You will not regret it. It's She shared some great information to help your organization. Again, Gina, thank you so much for taking time here to be with us. We greatly appreciate it. And, and audience, we thank you each and every week joining us here the Sustainable Success Way. We're going to be back next Thursday, believe it or not, on Christmas Eve day. We are going to have a show. So uh, we hope that you can uh, be with us uh, right before Christmas. But if not, you got things going on. You could listen to the show at any time. But we encourage you to listen to this show in its entirety with Gina again, which will be available later today for your access anytime. And for those, uh, again, that can't make it next Thursday, we want to wish everyone here a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year. And we'll see you soon. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.